Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Royer. Andrew is a CPA, a certified general accountant, a bookkeeper, and a profit-first professional. Andrew earned his diploma in computer information systems and spent the first 13 years of his career writing accounting software before transitioning into accounting. Andrew began his journey at KPMG, the largest accounting firm in Canada, where the structure of the firm fed his entrepreneurial spirit right away. This spirit led him to expand his focus to bookkeeping, where he found that he could apply his entrepreneurial mind to help fellow business owners thrive. Today, he's the owner of his own firm, Royer Accounting, and enjoys working with like-minded entrepreneurs and views his clients as a partnership where he gets to help solve their problems and make their lives better. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today. All right. Thank you so much for having me on, Megan. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion on why we should be putting profit first. So let's start with your career progression. In your own words, you said that you didn't set out to be a bookkeeper, and yet here you are. So why was this role not something you initially wanted, and how and why did you become a bookkeeper? Well, it's a bit of a long story. I've, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my family convinced me that I should start off by getting a job first. That led to me getting my computer information systems diploma and writing accounting software for 13 years. Of course, I, when I, I started off, I thought I'd be a game developer, but uh, accounting software was where I ended up. And in school, I remember thinking that uh, when I took my accounting course, that it was something I could see myself doing one day if I wasn't going to be a developer. I really enjoyed it, unlike most of my classmates. And after writing code, uh, it was about 2008, and I started to look for another job. And every time, every job that I looked for was looking for a degree. And so I had to go back to school to get a degree. And I was trying to figure out, like, do I really want to keep doing development? So what I did is I uh, brought up an old personality test that I took and I had uh, bookkeeper was number one, that job that it said I would be good at and accountant was number two. And I, of course, chose the accountant because uh, I figured it would make more money. <laughs> I went back to school. I got my degree. I got lucky. I ended up working at the uh, biggest firm in Canada. Uh, so it's a good place to get started. Definitely. KPMG is a very good, yeah. uh, very reputable firm. Yes. Yeah, no, it was a great place to get started. And it also felt a bit, it fed into a bit of my entrepreneurial spirit because you weren't working for just one manager. You had to work for, you know, a variety of managers and it felt like you had your own, you know, you, you were responsible for yourself, which I really liked. But with the big firms, the long hours, we had three kids, oh, we had two kids at the time and we had one more on the way. And I remember doing the math thinking that after tax, Care, I'd have about $500 left take home. And so somebody called me one day and, and said, if I wanted to know if I could recommend a bookkeeper. And I, so I asked them if they'd be willing to pay $500 a month. And that's how I got started. Yeah, well, I'd say that putting food on the family's table is a very valid reason. Uh, I guess it was just a bonus that was something you also enjoyed. So mm -hmm. When it comes to accounting and bookkeeping, some people might see them as one and the same. So tell me about the differences in your mind between the two. So there's definitely a lot of crossover in those two. I see generally what you do is you bring the information to your accountant at the end of the year. 
The accountant is going to give you ideas for ways that you can save money into the future. Uh, but primarily, they're looking at the books that you've done over the last 12 months. Yep. And the bookkeeper is involved in the day-to-day operations. And so what I wanted to do, I mean, generally what you do is you get the advice from your accountant, and then it's up to your bookkeeper to try and man- help you manage throughout throughout the year. And so what I wanted to do is wanted to do more than just data entry. And because we're working with the clients on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis, I wanted to be there to be able to offer that advice as well. Okay. So when you're working with your clients, what are your goals and how do you provide them value? Well, so we set up the, the big goals that we wanted was to, uh, we want to provide solid and reliable books. And I mean, it's important that the, the books are accurate because this is where all of the information is going to be based on the numbers that we're providing. I want to make sure that they actually understood that the numbers that they were providing. So we, we want to work with the business owners to reduce their stress regarding uh, bills to pay. And we want to partner with them to help them grow a successful, more profitable business. So speaking of profit, you're a profit first professional. So tell me about profit first. What exactly is it and how does it work? Okay, Profit First is a cash flow system, and it's one that's designed to work with your behaviors. I think in, in an ideal world, we would want all business owners to be able to read their financial statements on a regular basis, understand it, follow a budget, follow a cash plan. But in reality, most business owners are busy doing what they do best, which is running their business. And so if you ask most how often they'll look at a financial statement and they'll look at you know the financial statement maybe once a month if not once a year but they're looking at their bank statements constantly so rather than trying to fight them on that that behavior we work with those behaviors in order to help them become more profitable what it does is it uh, it's a bit of a mind shift you you, uh, mind change you have to put profit first so the idea is that you flip the formula around sales minus expenses equals profit you change that to sales minus profit equals expenses if you know anything about algebra i mean that the formula works either way but what it does is it puts the most important piece first because you, ne- you never put your health you don't put your health last you put your health first and so the idea of this is let's focus on the profit and you take the profit out of your sales and then you can spend the rest of it so this is using uh, Parkinson's law where our, our demand expands to meet supply. Mm-hmm. And so by restricting the supply, it forces us to get more creative with how we spend that money. And it forces us to think outside the box. Yep. Sounds, uh, sounds like a brilliant solution. So what led you to Profit First and how did you know that that was the answer you were looking for? Well, I realized like, when I started the company, the idea was to provide solid books as I talked about earlier, is to provide solid books, provide financial clarity, and provide a profit strategy. But after a while, I realized that I was giving it a lot of lip service in regards to the profit strategy part. And I was looking for something where a, a system that we could use that would allow us to create a profit strategy for our clients. And so when I, when I found this book, Initially, it didn't even sink in. It was only until I was talking to another Profit First professional that it really sunk in that this would be exactly the solution I needed to be able to help my clients become more profitable. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about profit and why it's so important. As you mentioned, in the business school, we all learn that sales minus expenses equals your profit. So why is it that this line of thinking is doing many business owners a service? 
Yeah, so I mentioned like in, in Parkinson's law, which I mentioned earlier, which is like our demand expands to meet the supply. So if you think about like it, the, when you buy a new tube of toothpaste, I think it's a Mike Michalowicz, uh, is the author of Profit First, he uses this analogy often, which I love. When you buy a new tube of toothpaste, you put a just ton of toothpaste on that toothbrush and you, and you don't care because you get this full tube of toothbrush, you, you, uh, toothpaste, you put it under the tap and then the water immediately knocks the toothpaste down the drain. But oh, well, you've got a tube and you fill it up. And then when you get to the end of that toothpaste, you just, you uh, roll it up and you, you scrunch it and you try and get just the tiniest little bit on that toothbrush and then you're happy with what you get on, the tooth, uh, on your toothbrush. So this is kind of like by the idea of saying that by putting profit last is what ends up most business owners doing is they end up spending all that they, they spend all of their money that they've earned and they don't end up having anything left over or very little left over for profit. And then the idea too is it also, there's this axiom that you need to spend money to make money, which, and so what happens is you, we just start focusing on that revenue. So at the end of the day, when we don't have any profit left over because we're spending it all, we then go out and say, well, we'll fix that problem if only we get more revenue. And so we start this trap of we, we need to get more and more and more revenue. But as we spend, as the revenue starts to grow, we continue to spend more and more and more. And then the profit ends up being the same or less. Or, I mean, there are $20 million companies that are, are living paycheck to paycheck because they just spend everything that they earn. Okay, so if, if we were to take an example of an external challenge, such as COVID-19 as an example, how can these external events topple companies that are more focused on revenue than profit? These companies that are focused on revenue, they only survive as their revenue grows. And then as their revenue grows, their expenses increase with it. But then what happens is in a situation like COVID, that revenue drops off sharply and in some cases disappears altogether, but the expenses don't drop at the same rate. So for quite a while, people will continue to spend and spend and spend at the rates that they've always, they'd always been spending at. And that's what causes them to topple. They can't sustain, they don't have any money set aside. They were barely, they were barely getting by and paying their payroll and paying their rent. And now all of a sudden the revenues dropped off and the expenses are the same and they're just left uh, unable to cope. And then they're forced to, they're forced to shut down or make some drastic changes. So how does profit first work in practice? Does business owner just decide what percentage of a dollar worth of sales are going to put away? Yeah. So profit first has some recommendations for what they would consider a healthy business. And it depends it depends on the revenue level that the company is at. As the company grows, you need less and less. Uh, you're going to take less and less of an owner's draw, and you're going to start taking more and more. Um, so the, the profit is what a shareholder gets for having a successful business, and the owner's pay is what you get for working in the business. So as the business grows, ideally, you want the business to be able to run more and more without you. And so you'll take less and less of a, less and less of an owner's pay and you'll start your operating expenses will increase as well. So there are guidelines that are set out in the book, just to give you an example, uh, up to the first 250,000 profit first would recommend that you would take 5% as profit and 50% as an owner's draw and you would only spend 30% as operating expenses. Okay. Which is a big challenge I think for most businesses is getting to that is getting down to that 30%, but that's something that we help our clients with. Yeah, I'm um, sure that can't be easy. 
No, especially, especially not when you start. I, I myself, when I started introducing Profit First into my own business, I was actually at about 85%. So it took me a while to, to, to try and bring it down. Wow. So how can companies become more focused on profit? Are there tools that you'd recommend for both mid-size and small businesses? Well, one of the book things that I would recommend is to definitely read the book. Profit First book is a great way to just get you started, get you the idea of what that system, how the system works. And then also you can get help from a Profit First professional firm such as ourselves or, or others. And lastly, what is one thing you'd recommend for our listeners to begin doing today to make their businesses more profitable? Well, the first thing I would do is I would recommend that you go out and set up a savings account. So even if you can only put 1% of the revenue that you earn into that savings account right now, that's more money than most businesses are saving. And if you can run the business on 100%, you can definitely run the business on 99%. And at the end of the quarter, just seeing even a small amount of money sitting in that savings account is going to make you feel a lot better about running your business. Yeah, that is some really great advice. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Megan. Yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and learning about the importance of profit and why it shouldn't just be what's left over after we subtract our expenses from our sales. To all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed today's topic too. And until next week, I wish you safe and pleasant days ahead. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out Personiv.com. Thanks for listening.